0: The SEC has attacked crypto, has started a coordinated attack against crypto. I'm going to show you today how this ban or this rumor of a ban on proof of stake mining, on proof of stake uh, for retail investors in the US, is actually just the beginning of a coordinated attack by the SEC, the FBI and the DOJ on crypto. So don't be fooled and think that this is coincidental. I'm going to show you today why the timing is, is not coincidental and why this attack is designed to slow the progress of crypto. Also, we're gonna talk about Bitcoin, we're gonna talk about Bitcoin NFTs, we're gonna talk about AI, we're gonna talk about one or two other narratives. We've got a huge show here today. Really, really, really big show. So let's go, 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 go. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Again, they got cool. uh, gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up Get up, get up, bitch, get up, get up. Wakey, 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 rise and shine. I see you all here. I see Sean, if you're here, say present. Peace, no war, if you hear, here, say present. Matthew Finkel, if you're here, say present. Walker, how i made. Gareth Jones, Samuel Allen, Robbie, if you're here, say present. We've got a lot to talk about today. Specifically, we're going to talk about this tweet from Brian Armstrong, where he said they were hearing rumors that the SEC would like to get rid of crypto staking in the US for retail customers. I hope that's not the case. I believe it would be a terrible path for the US if that was allowed to happen. I'm going to show you today why it is probably the case and why it is a probably a coordinated attack on crypto, which is, this is the first leg of a coordinated attack on crypto. So you want to hear this and you want to hear this to the end because this really does have some huge implications. Also, we're going to be discussing today, we're going to be discussing the AI narrative and whether or not it's time to sell your AI tokens. Um, after that... We're gonna talk about Umami, which was, uh, as you know, the CEO sold all his tokens. And then we're gonna talk about two or three altcoins that maybe we should be buying if you think this is a dip. I think that's actually one of the things we should talk about. We should actually talk about whether or not this little dip here in Bitcoin, this little dip over here, it's a little dip. I mean, it's like a tiny little dip, um, is a, is anything to worry about. So we've got some, some data here. Um, cool, so let's do this. What I need from you guys. Is as usual. I need you guys to smash the like button. If you're not already part of the 602,000 subscribers that are in the family, then I need you guys to join the 602,000 subscribers by subscribing to our channel. Also, remember, if you are a subscriber to the channel and you have taken out a private account or a Bitget account using our links, these watches are going to be given away before the end of Feb. So, these two watches. The Rolex blackface, blackface, and the Rolex Blueface are going to be given away before the end of February. So not, not a lot of days left to sign up if you haven't already signed up. All right, let's go. Um let's just make sure everyone's here. So Scott Days, if you're here, just tell us you're present. Bobby, if you're here, say present. Triple Money NFT. I don't know if you're here or not. Let us know if you're present. Sam, Sam Sneat, if you're here, let us know. Brian's here. Morning, Brian. We see you. We see you. We see you. All right. Let's have some fun. I can see you not smashing the like button. I can I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones that you're not smashing the like button. Um, all right. Let's get into the charts. Let's get into the show. You wanted quick alpha. Let's go for quick alpha. So here's where we are. We are at 21, 22,761. If we go into the hourly, let's quickly go into the hourly and just quickly look at what happened. So. We were actually doing pretty well. We were doing pretty well yesterday. Um, And then you can see there was this big red candle. This big red candle is when Brian Armstrong tweeted about the SEC potentially attacking crypto. And there's big implications about that. So right now, I think Bitcoin is doing pretty well because we did go to a low of about 22,360. And that would have been a really, really key level because there's that key level over there, which is 22,400. And then the next key level is 21,281. And if we break that 21,281, that's a really, really key level. So for us right now, good relief that Bitcoin bounced over this 22,300. I think that's, that's the first step. The next thing that we have on Bitcoin, which no doubt you guys know about, is we have this golden cross on the daily, which is nine progress, which is a very bullish sign in the short term. And that kind of says to us that, in the short term, Bitcoin may be in for another run. You can also see that that is um, uh, uh, also indicated by this trend line. So, if you take this this trend line, let's just, just fix it a little bit. So, you look at this trend line and you draw this trend line all the way down. You can kind of see that this is like a perfect breakout, and now Bitcoin's coming in and maybe do a little bit of a retest, and then from there uh, potentially continue upwards, if if you think that that's if you think that that's the case. What we also had today, we had the U.S. jobs numbers. So the 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 um, Jobless claims came out today. And in this case, bad news is actually good news. So the bad news is that more people made jobless claims. 196,000 people made jobless claims versus the 183,000 previous, which, and the estimate was that it was going to be 190,000. So in this case, bad news is good news because if the jobs numbers, the jobless claims are high, it means more people don't have jobs, which means that the Fed. Will think twice before uh, raising interest rates. So that is just some good news. The other bit of good news is that if you look at dominance, dominance, even though the Bitcoin price went down, the dominance continues to go down, which means that people are not firm, are not panicking out of alts. People are, are pretty much staying in in their alt trades. So they 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 staying in their alt trades. Um, they're not exiting alt coins. They're not exiting alt coins. Um in fact, I, I'm not sure if they're not exiting altcoins. I think it's exactly what we spoke about yesterday. So if you look at the at the bubbles, what you can see is that these bubbles are painting a picture of exactly what's happening in the market. So what you can see is that some narratives are going down and going down fast. So look at uh, SingularityNet, down 10.7%. But there are some narratives that are moving up today. So you can see Rocket Pool, Frax, and Lido all moving up today. I'm going to show you why those guys are moving up today on the back of that Gary Gensler announcement. Someone says, please do live trade. Listen, I am in some trades. Let's quickly look at my trades from yesterday. So, not looking too good, but I'm not stressed. I'll show you why I'm not stressed. So, my Algo trade is down $615. My Immutable X trade, which I think is going to explode, is up $4,221. My injective trade is down $10,000 and my near trade is down $3,490. I'm of the opinion that this is a bounce, that that crypto is going to bounce off here. And so I'm holding it. At the same time, I've also got a short position on Aptos. Don't forget, I've got a a short position on Aptos. I can see by the numbers here in the chat that because I use the word SEC, DOJ, FBI, and I use the word coordinated, the YouTube is shadow banning our content. So help me get out of this by hitting the like button. So that's my trades. As I said to you, there is good news. The good news is that the dominance has not increased, which means people aren't yet scared. Some other good news is that if you look at the twelve-month um, oscillator here, you can see that the twelve-month oscillator has just—he says here—he says um, left oversold threshold as of January monthly close. Historically, leaving the lower bound to signal two things: the cycles, the cycle lows are in; the bear market is over. Obviously, staying flexible—that's a, a very good sign. The other sign that we saw is that as the market came down, as the prices came down, the open interest, which is the leverage, the futures and the options, open interest, actually shot up. So it's this purple line over here. So what you can see is that people are expecting volatility. We don't know if this open interest is longs or shorts. What do you think, guys, long or short? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments what you think. Let me know in the comments whether you think that this open interest is long or short open interest. if it's long open interest, it means people are getting excited about this dip and actually buying the dip. If it's short, it means that people are afraid. And what they want to do is they actually want to um, want to start selling. James, can we get some aircon in here? Maybe like 20, 22, 23 degrees. Would be on. Oh man, we've got no power here. No load shedding. We live in South Africa. Um, cool. So that's where we are when it comes to Bitcoin. As I said to you, that's the open interest. You can see it here. Um, let's talk about altcoins. Let's let's talk about altcoins. So one thing we know about altcoins is that there's currently, it's a narrative-driven market. And what you see is that the bees, which we spoke about yesterday, are with us now for a long time. So they are flying from narrative to narrative. And I said to you yesterday that I think that what we need to do is we need to get out of our AI narrative trades. Remember, I said to you, I think the market is super heated when it comes to AI. And I said to you, I don't think that this move in AI that we've seen is justified. So if I look at if I look at these gains, so I look at, at AI, I get the feeling that AI yesterday hit the euphoria stage. I might be wrong, but I think that yesterday AI hit the euphoria stage. And I think we're going to start seeing quite a correction as people get into the reality that these tokens are not worth these valuations. And that even though that there's, there's this massive narrative around AI, there are massive wars between Google and Microsoft. Right now, today, crypto is not ready for AI. I don't think that the valuations and the run-ups that we've seen in the AI tokens are justified. We have made a lot of money on, these, on this AI thing. I mean, we <clears throat> we've we made two, three, 400% on some of our trades. So what I instructed our traders to do was to say, look, we don't know if the the AI narrative is over or not not over, but take out your initial investment. So if you've made 300% on an AI token, which is what we made on some things, I said, look, just take out at least your initial money and maybe even some profit. Just take it out. If the AI narrative continues to run, great. Well, you've taken out your initial capital. If the AI narrative is overheated, well, you haven't lost anything and you've basically got a free ride. So now you're writing the AI narrative for free, which is exactly what we're doing. Because to me, <clears throat> when you look at Singularity Net and you look at the token increase since, let's look at it since November. Actually, no, November's unfair. I think that, that's a bit unfair to take it all the way back to Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, I mean, you're up, you're up 10x, 9x. You know, like at this point, when you see this, you say to yourself, hold on. You take that, you add to that where we're at with the tokens, even in the last seven days. Like, look at these tokens. Singularity Net up 126% in the last seven days. Um, Fetch.ai up 56%. Even after this dip, um, uh, Aletheia.ai, which by the way is the one that we support and we've made quite a lot of money on this one. Um, we like it. We continue to remain invested in it because this is a company which is using AI technology to train NFTs. So imagine what they want to do is they want to create these NFT call center agents, NFTs that actually use AI and you put your NFTs to work. And this is, one of the smartest companies in my mind doing it but when you've made three and four hundred percent on a trade you got to take your capital out and invest your capital in a sector that you don't think is overheated and the reason why i said yesterday that i think that ai is completely overheated is because we saw like a crazy top and what i say crazy top we saw near protocol make an ai announcement yesterday you remember that we actually traded it um Sheldon called the NIA protocol before the breakout. Um, and then it broke out. We didn't know why it would break out. But later on, of course, we find out that it's, that it's all um, AI related. Then Chromia. I mean, we haven't heard of Chromia for a long time. Chromia is one of those coins that, you know, I mean, great technology, but we haven't heard about them for a long time. The AI train is arriving and being welcomed at Chromia. Come on. Okay. Then, 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 then. Oasis Labs, or say near protocol we spoke about the AR's network, AR's network, I actually think may actually have a chance because they got decentralized computing power and decentralized storage. I do think that this one could actually be part of the AI narrative, really. Then, of course, Oasis Labs. Oasis Labs is building the primitives for responsible AI. Here's how. Okay. And they've partnered up with Meta and we're solving key issues, blah, blah, blah. Then, next one that that made announcement yesterday. I mean, it's all yesterday, guys. Uh, Justin, Sun of, uh, Justin Sun has to jump on every train, every single train Justin Sun jumps on. He comes out and he says, AI is transforming the tech industry and Tron is at the forefront of this revolution. So if you want to invest in AI, invest in Tron. No. Now, the, when the train got to Andre Cronier at Phantom, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. guys, stop asking about Phantom AI. Because he says AI and blockchains don't actually mix. And the reason why he says this is he says, blockchains are very slow by centralized standards. They're transparent and they're secure. AI is looking for high throughput, opaque black boxes. I need to clearly stress, these two things do not mix. That's like asking what role do you see for Coca-Cola in the construction industry? Blockchain and AI are not complementary. And for now, anyone that jumps in the AI bandwagon is simply doing so for the pump and dump reasons. If you see a project all of a sudden pivot to AI, it just means that they've had nothing to do and they're dead in the water. If, and that is very unlikely if we get to a point where blockchains can handle the kind of throughput required that a neutral net needs, we might be able to see them on chain. But even then the question would be, but why? Blockchains don't improve AI and AI doesn't improve blockchain. So I must say, I don't really, I, don't agree, I agree with Andre that right now blockchains are not ready for AI. But I don't agree with him because in, in the long term, and I've said to you before, there's two reasons why I think that that um, uh, AI and blockchain actually do mix very well. The first thing is, it is us humans that train the AI models. Without the data that we produce on a daily basis, AI models have no value whatsoever. So every time you surf, every time you wear a Fitbit, every time you walk, every time you drive your car, every time that you do anything, you, you your phone, your Fitbit, your everything else is collecting data. Now, right now, you're not making any money from that data. But blockchain allows you to participate, send your data across the network just by doing whatever you do and you can get rewarded in a trustless way. So in other words, what you can get rewarded without the other party actually knowing who you are. So I think from that point of view, AI and blockchain actually do mix. I'll give you another example. AI, in in with AI, there's going to be a lot of negotiation between machines. Machines are going to need to negotiate. Machines that don't know each other. And they're going to need to pay each other for these negotiations. I used the example last time on the show where I said, you know, if I'm driving to work in a in a driverless car and James is driving to work in a driverless car and I want to overtake James's car, I used that example last time, there's going to be a negotiation. I'm going to ask James's car to move over. They're going to negotiate. And eventually what's going to happen is when they agree on a price for James to move over and let me get to work quicker, then James, you better come to work that day. Um, when that happens, it's going to have to be some kind of, of flow of money. And I think that that's the part that, that Andre is is not really talking about right now. But for now, I think I agree with this tweet over here. Right now, okay, right now, as it says, because um, I've got my own, my own opinion here, I don't think that the AI narrative is here to stay. We're not ready for it. We must first strengthen the Web3 infrastructure, and then, and then we'll have it. It's almost like the first generation of GameFi and the first generation of NFTs and the first generation of everything else. So that is... Um, uh, where I think we are in AI. You gotta watch for this for this mania that's going on because there is a mania going on, and it's not the only mania. AI is the biggest mania, but not the only mania, because the other mania that's happening is perpetual Dexes. The other mania that's starting is ZK rollups. You're starting to hear these terms being used over you. So I saw a very, very, very smart tweet by Miles. Miles is a very smart guy. If you don't watch the show, you must watch the show. But what he said, he said, hi, everyone, I'm launching a new project. Okay, listen to this. It sounds like a great project. It is an AI-powered perpetual dex built on layer two ZK rollups with an interoperable gaming metaverse. And the best part of it is it's all real yield and there's an airdrop coming soon. Okay, now, look, not everyone caught onto the fact that this was actually a joke. Like some people actually took him very seriously and started to 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 text him saying, hi, this is Sunny team, seeing that you're gonna start your own project and AI powered perpetuals decks built with ZK rollups, blah, blah, blah. And these and, and guys are offering him to help him. Hey bro, amazing stuff. I just saw your announcement for the new project. We'll be happy to collaborate somehow. So people are taking him seriously. You see, sounds promising. This is this is the problem that that everybody is starting to get into um into the the mania here. James, what what's wrong with my sound? Okay, well you, you James has destroyed our sound. We have to take legal. You've destroyed our sound, James. James has completely destroyed our sound. Completely destroyed our sound. We'll we'll take we'll take care of it after the show. Uh, we'll, we'll have to take care of it after the show. All right. Um. So that's that. I do want to talk about about this which is the biggest, um, the biggest uh, um, uh, story of the day, which is the Brian Armstrong story. But before that, I think what we should do... Oh, people are phoning me crazy. Uh, bef- before that, I think what we should do is we should just listen to Joe Biden talking about inflation. Remember when he came in, he said that... In fact, you, you listen to this? Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about... This great, great deal. Are I taking blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here. Fucking inflation. You see that? So the overwhelming consensus when he came, is when when going to pop into up power, a he said bit. There's No inflation, and then the problem is that when he's in, when he's in power, he says, "Hold on a second. I'm not taking responsibility for inflation because I, when when I got here, inflation was actually here." I don't know. You believe what you want. You see, James, you ruined the whole thing. It doesn't doesn't rewind the song. Anyway, well, we, you let me know in the comments what action I should take against James for destroying our soundboard again. Um, for the eight hundred and fifty seventh time, we have to we have to do something about this. We have to. You let us know in the comments what you think is fair to do to James. For look, I can't do the. Listen, listen, you see, James, what have you done to our sound? No, 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 no. We have to take. Tell me. No, someone says Bluxamom. Some I said he's a muppet. Oh, no, that's not about you. That's about Biden. You can't talk about a president like that, guys. Come on, pay rise. Come on, fire the intern. That's the thing, you see? Well, yeah, you see, he wanted equity, man. He wants equity. All right, let's talk about the big story of the day. I want to talk to you about this because I think it's super important. Because on the face of it, what it looks like is it looks like um, the SEC is just going after proof of stake. Okay, that's what it looks like. If you look at it at face value, it looks like this. Just a rumor. Potentially, where it says, we're hearing rumors from Brian Armstrong, we're hearing rumors that the SEC would like to get rid of crypto staking for U- in the US for retail customers. I hope that's not the case, as I believe it would be a terrible path for the US if it was, if it was allowed to happen. Staking is a really important innovation in crypto. It allows users to participate directly in running an open crypto network. Staking brings many positive improvements to space, including scalability, increased security, and most importantly, reduces carbon footprints. Okay. So that is the rumor. And at face value, you would say that it feels like the SEC is just going after ETH or just going after staking, right? But I'm going to show you now that that's not the case. I'm going to show you now that This is actually the beginning or a part of a very, very, very coordinated attack against crypto by a whole lot of US regulatory bodies. This is just the SEC's contribution to a massive attack that is actually underway in crypto. Now, the conspiracy theorist in me believes that maybe, maybe, maybe FTX was the beginning of this. That maybe the SEC or the US was somehow behind this FTX collapse, that they would have a, a, an excuse or a reason to completely overregulate this industry. That's the conspiracy theorist in me. But let's not stick to conspiracies. Let's stick to the facts. So where are we now? There is this um, this uh, rumor that that the SEC is coming out with this ban specifically for retail investors because they're saying. That's staking makes ETH a security or staking is a security. Now, I don't know why they would say that, because there's good, there's good um precedent as to why ETH isn't a security. Brian Archer says we need to make sure that new technologies are encouraged to grow in the US and not stifled by the lack of clear rules. When it comes to financial services and web three, it's a matter of national security that these capabilities are built out in the US. Regulation by enforcement. Remember that term regulation by enforcement. Because that's a term that's going to keep coming up here. Because what the SEC refuses to do is they refuse to engage and to provide regulatory clarity. And the way they regulate is just by enforcing. So you phone them and you say, look, I want to do something. I want to meet you. They say, sorry, we're not going to meet you. Which is exactly what happened to Brian Armstrong. And then when they want to do something, the SEC start to enforce and to and to and to and to and to, and to get it and to find them. So he was being very, very, very um. Um, what's the word? Diplomatic. He said, hopefully we can work together to publish clear rules for the industry and come up with sensible solutions. He's got to be diplomatic. Then, of course, Charles Hoskinson chimed in here. And he says, look, there actually is a problem with Ethereum staking. And the problem with Ethereum staking is that you give up your assets to someone else and you get a return because you don't run your own pool. Because remember, specifically around ETH, There's a locker period, there's a minimum number of tokens that you need to have to run a validator. And so to do that, most people delegate or give their their ETH to a central party. And in this case, Coinbase is one of those central parties. What Charles says, slashing and and bonds also not so good, non-custodial liquid staking solutions is like the mining pools we've used for 13 years. So he's saying, look, this is actually not an attack on ETH. This is an attack on centralized players specifically Coinbase, Kraken, et cetera, et cetera. This is an attack on the centralized players offering ETH services. So That's kind of what it looks like when you look at it. And, I mean, it's a big deal. And I'll show you why it's a big deal, because if you look at how the market is right now, if you look at how the, the, the staking happens, this is what it looks like. So Lido, which is a decentralized staking solution, is the biggest. And the second biggest staking solution is actually Coinbase. And Lido is bigger than Coinbase by a huge margin. In fact, maybe I can show you this um, in a slightly different way. So Lido have 4.8 million ETH stake. Coinbase have about 1 million ETH stake. Now, some of this this ETH belongs to institutions, obviously, who are there to get the yield. And today, if you staking your ETH, you're getting about between 3.86 and 4.08% return. And right now, 14% of all ETH are staked. So it is quite a big deal. It's it's a huge thing. Coinbase are really fighting hard here. They're saying, look, with they wrote a whole post and they said, you know, with the recent regulatory stop spotlight on staking, we're taking this opportunity to build a deeper understanding of staking and the transformi- transformative role in, in processing digital transactions. And they're right. Because what the SEC is saying here is that you, if you own Ethereum and you give your Ethereum to Coinbase to stake on your behalf and vote on your behalf on transactions and secure networks, like the ETH network, the Cardano network, the Solano network, all the networks are on proof of stake. If you do that, you could be, or, the S, or Coinbase could be actually charged with um, with uh, uh, um, securities fraud or offering uh, unregistered security. If they say staking is a method of verifying and securing financial transactions with software code, it is faster, more efficient, and more accurate. Most importantly, asset holders get rewarded for participating in the verification network. Traditionally, if you purchase something with a credit card or check, it takes a number of organizations to process the payment. Staking leverages a large global community of asset holders and validators to strengthen the checks and balances. Running these transactions on code that works, works on a trust but verify method across large community of validators is far more secure than placing your trust in a few centralized entities like the current system. All it takes to become part of the validator community is a laptop that runs code. This model is extremely energy efficient and can scale faster than setting up physical entities. So they keep on talking about how big it is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, this is not if you think that the timing of this SEC attack is coincidental. Okay, think again, because I want to remind you that this is not the first time that it's happened to Coinbase. Historically, Coinbase wanted to launch a lending product like. Voyager, like BlockFi. They wanted to launch a, 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 a lending product. And guess what happened? The SEC came out and said some really sketchy behavior coming out of the SEC recently. Millions of crypto holders have been earning yield on their assets over the last few years. It makes sense if you want to lend out your funds, you can earn a return. Everyone seems happy. And a bunch of companies have been offering this space. Maybe he says great companies. I don't know if they were so great in hindsight. Now, he says, they responded by telling us this Lend feature is a security. Okay, seems strange. How can lending be a security? So we asked the SEC to help us understand and share their view because we always make an effort to work proactively with regulators and keep an open mind. They refuse to tell us why and instead subpoena a bunch of records from us. We comply. They demand testimony from my employees. We comply. And then they tell us they'll be suing us if we proceed to launch. So the SEC basically killed the Coinbase Earn product. Before the Coinbase earned product was launched. Now, you'll remember that there is a massive ETH upgrade coming now in March or April. It's called the Shanghai Upgrade. And the Shanghai Upgrade allows people that have staked their ETH to unstake their ETH. Right now, it's it's um, it's a one way road. You can only stake your ETH, you can't unstake your ETH. So the Shanghai Upgrade, which is happening soon, March 2023, according to an ETH dev, is about to happen. And we think that that's going to bring a lot of, to- a lot of, ETH into staking, specifically by retail investors. What did the SEC do? Well, one month before the launch, they block it. Now, this is the same SEC that failed to protect US investors against FTX, failed to protect US investors against all the other lending programs. In fact, I think I saw a tweet. Uh, uh, somewhere, uh, yeah, I did see a tweet about that. He says, he says, so this is the SEC's track record. They prevented zero scams. Only after the fact, they always come and take. They come after the fact and, and they take penalties. They got friendly with SBF and FTX. Now I don't believe they got friendly. I think that they were actually maybe even behind it. They go after the good actors because the good actors have money, and they only go after the bad actors. When the damage is done, this is the same SEC. Can I, question. Let's even get our music back. Uh, we have. Nice. To, uh, it's terrible. Um, so they go after the they go after the 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 bad actors, and they go after the, the bad actors only after they've committed the fraud, which is by the, by that time retail consumers have lost all their money. Just just look at the state of of, of affairs. In, in the US, you've got millions, thousands of customers, millions of customers with money on FTX, thousands if not hundreds of thousands of customers on Gemini Earn, on, on all those other things. Why? Because the SEC failed to be proactive. Okay. Is it a bad thing? Initially, you think, okay, this is a bad thing. But then you think again, you say, hold on a second. The SEC is going after centralized players like Coinbase, like Kraken, What they're forcing people to do by attacking the centralized players is they are forcing people to go and get their yields with the decentralized players. Because if you've got ETH and you can't stake your ETH on Coinbase to become part of validator nodes, where are you going to go? Well, I'll tell you where you're going to go. You're going to go to the decentralized players. And when you go to the decentralized players and you take a real good look at the decentralized players, what you will realize is that if you go to Coinbase, you earn 4.3% on your ETH. But if you go to Lido, you can earn 5.45. If you go to Frax, you can earn 7.43%. And so actually what they are doing, without him knowing this, what they are doing is they are forcing people to learn how to use a MetaMask, to join Web3, to go decentralized, because they're blocking the centralized player. And so what they're actually doing without knowing it, what they're actually doing without knowing it is they are forcing more web three adoption, which is exactly what they need. They think that they're sitting there and that they are blocking the 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 progression of crypto. But the truth is that if you dig deep, what you realize is they're pushing people into the decentralized players. And if you look right now, this is Lido, which is, has 73.51% of the staked ETH. It's a decentralized players. All they're gonna do is they're gonna take this chunk that's Coinbase staked teeth, and they're gonna move it to the decentralized players. And they're gonna teach people how to use wallets and how to use Web3. And actually they're doing us a favor. They're really, really, really doing us a favor. They don't, they don't see it now, but they are forcing adoption of Web3 because let me tell you, people here are like the bees they're going to go to where there is the most honey. They're gonna go to where there is the most yield. If you push them away and you say, oh, well, um, uh, uh, you can't use the centralized players of Coinbase, well, what are they gonna do? Are they not gonna go for the honey? They're gonna go for the honey. They're gonna find the honey pot that's got the most honey in it. And right now it's fracks. And that's why when you look at the bubbles today, there is one sector that has performed. There's one green sector in, the, in this whole thing, except for Link, which we'll talk about later. There's one green sector. And that green sector is Lido, Frax, and Rocket Pool. And if you look at who the alternative decentralized staking providers are Rocket Pool, Lido, and Frax. That's exactly, someone says, cue the sound, James. The sound doesn't work. Look, it's a wrong sound. You see, it's got to rewind every time I touch the button because you messed up. Yeah, Yeah, it's a loop setting. Come and fix it. Okay, James will fix the sound so we can keep doing it. The bees are buzzing. Yeah, fix the sound for us. Come on, James. Don't be like that. Someone says don't touch anything. He's never going to break something. You know for sure he's going to break something. I want you to fix this one okay let's see if, let's see if james can fix the, the sound setting we're back no we're not okay we're not back we're not back okay well okay no problem james we will we'll, we'll have a discussion after let me know in the let me know in the comments what happens to james at the end of the show uh, no, 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 you, 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 okay, but you have to stake your ETH. Um, okay, so that's the, the ETH story. Now, at a time like this, we need crypto to rally together. Whether you like ETH, don't like ETH, whether you're a Bitcoin maxi, not a Bitcoin maxi, we need crypto to rally together against the government and the SEC. Instead of that, you get people like Corey Klipstein, who says reduced carbon footprint is the benefit of proof of stake. This fucking scammer, he calls Brian Alfred said, it's not a reduction if it no longer solves the problem. I mean, come on guys, we need to rally together here. And I did say to you that this is actually a coordinated attack. you think that this is just the SEC going after Coinbase for staking ETH against retailers? It's not. It's part of something that's much, much, much bigger. And I'll show you. So you look at this and you say, Brian Armstrong said, we're hearing rumors that SEC would like us to get rid of crypto staking in the US for retail customers. We, We read that tweet. Nick Carter says, I don't want to alarm anyone, but since the turn of the year, a new operation, operation checkpoint, choke point, has designed, has been designed in the US to choke crypto. It's a well-coordinated effort to marginalize the industry and cut off its connectivity to the banking system, and it's working. Travis Kling says, Yeah, this thing's real, confirmed. By multiple sources, you'll see more shoes dropping here over the course of the year. And then today we get news that Kraken. Faces SEC probe around unregistered securities, and we're expecting some kind of announcement. We got we got this announcement earlier. We also hear that the the OCC, which is the Office for for um, what's it called currency compliance or something like that, they also are coming after crypto. So I read this this blog that Nick Carter wrote. Um, let me try and find this this blog for you. So he wrote he wrote a a, a blog. Um, do we have a link to it? I had it earlier. Let's see if I can find it here. Okay. So it's called Operation Choke Point, And what you can see, if you look, if you read between the lines and you look at all the, the things that have happened, so you had the FTX collapse, which gave the US an excuse to go after crypto. On December 6th, Senator Warren, Kennedy, uh, John Kennedy and Roger Marshall sent a letter to the crypto bank, friendly bank, Silvergate. And since then, Silvergate has been absolutely destroyed. Then Signature Bank uh, announced that they intend to halve deposits ascribed to crypto clients. Then the FDIC and OCC released a joint statement on the risks of banks engaging with crypto. Then Silvergate falls to 1155 on a bank and insolvency fears. Then Binance announced that due to to, uh, policy at Signature Bank, they will only be able to process transactions worth more than $100,000. Then the Federal Reserve denies crypto bank custodial two-year application to become a member of the Federal Reserve banking system. And the list goes on and on and on. And in fact, the other day, Binance actually suspended their USD transfers because their their partner, Signature Bank, um, basically pulled out. Then you see that Protego and Paxos applications to follow Anchorage and obtain full approval of national trust banks are still outstanding. 18 months past the deadline. If you think that this SEC thing is just the SEC going after e-staking, you got it all wrong. This is part of a coordinated attack. It's an operation, which Nick Carter calls operation choke point two. And in operation choke point two, what they are doing, they are using, they are being lobbied by the traditional banks and the traditional finance. I don't care if this video gets shadow banned. I know it's going to be shadow banned. It's already shadow banned. You can see. Usually would have many more viewers by then. I don't care about that. Because that's the truth. The truth is that the incumbents are making sure that the regulators are lobbied so hard to squeeze this revolution. But what they don't know is that the step that they took today is a step that actually is good for crypto. Very, very, very good for crypto. Is the, the wrong sound, can anyway, you? We will carry on. We will carry on. All right, let's look at some more news, some more crypto news. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if you guys have been following this. Uh, Umami, um, which is an institutional grade DeFi player, well, the CEO basically dumped all his tokens and the team managed to secure the five million dollar treasury. So that's what's, what's going on. CEO comes out, dumps all his tokens, team leave. Secure the treasury five million dollars, and apparently now they're going to set up a DAO, and that DAO is going to is going to manage the funds, and they're going to do it without the CEO. So let's quickly look at see what happened to the token price of Imami, because where there is nerves, we see opportunity. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is actually could be a buy. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this could be a buy. I'm not saying it is. I haven't done enough research, but usually when things crash very hard, let's just see. Ooh, it's going. It's, it's down to F T pre FTX levels. Probably worth it. Probably worth it. Probably worth it. Uh, someone says we should go into ramble. James, can we go into ramble? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go into ramble from from Monday. We'll be on ramble. Thanks, James. From Monday, we'll be on ramble. Um, we'll start doing ramble streams. All right. So that's the umami news. Um, there is also other news that I wanted to share with you. Um, specifically around this these Bitcoin NFTs. Now you, you can't sleep on these Bitcoin NFTs because there could be Another generational opportunity here around Bitcoin NFTs. So I I know we haven't spent a lot of time on it. I think we should spend some time on it. So this is the long and the short of it. The long and the short of it is that with the Bitcoin taproot upgrade, which is a technical term for an upgrade that happened with Bitcoin, they created, not knowingly and not intentionally, they created a way to mint NFTs on Bitcoin. The only problem is that the Bitcoin network is very, very slow. And if you create NFTs on a network that already can't handle its load, then the problem is that you're creating massive strain on a network where the maxis want this network to be a, a, a digital gold. And if it's a digital gold, then you don't want to have NFTs stored on the network. The truth is, though, that Bitcoin NFTs are much more NFTs than Ethereum are NFTs. And the reason why Bitcoin NFTs, I'm going, to, I'm going to dumb it down for you, but the reason why NF, Bitcoin NFTs are, much more real NFTs than Ethereum NFTs are, is because the Bitcoin NFTs are actually stored on the chain. And with Ethereum, it's only the metadata of the NFT which is stored on the chain. So in the true sense of the word, the Bitcoin NFTs are actually bigger, better NFTs. Now, they call these NFTs ordinals, uh, inscriptions and digital artifacts. They're the hottest new trends. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. So as I said, the Bitcoin network re- recently registered um High transaction fees in over a year and exponential growth in the number of transactions. The reason is NFT DGENS MoFos invested in Bitcoin NFTs. Okay. So how is this possible? Well, there was an upgrade called Taproot, which which aimed to, to improve privacy and performance, but opened up a whole lot of new possibilities, which allowed for NFTs to be minted on the Bitcoin change, on the Bitcoin chain. As I said to you, the Bitcoin maxis hate this. Ordinals are single satoshi, single stats with inscribed arbitrary content uh, arbitrary content using Bitcoin's built-in scripting language. So you're almost writing the NFT into the script. And now people have started to spam the blocks with these NFTs, which is slowing down the Bitcoin network and driving up the price. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but I think it's important that you start looking at this if you're an NFT degen, because I think that this is actually... The big narrative now when it comes to, to NFTs, and you can't ignore NFTs because if you look at the stats around NFTs, yeah, so ordinals already eat up 42% of the bandwidth of the Bitcoin blockchain. Can you imagine that this proof of work network, which is supposed to be like this proof of work, safe digital gold network, actually becomes the dominant NFT chain? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Let's see, let's see if we can get our music back. Nah, it's dead. It's dead. All right, let's look at more. There's more There's more alpha here today. Um, Axie Infinity, you can't write off Axie Infinity. They keep doing amazing things. The transactions have more than doubled during January. So um, uh, don't forget Axie. Then um, Robinhood. Remember Sam Bankman-Fried bought a stake in Robinhood? Anyway, now the board of Robinhood actually gave them a a go-ahead to buy back the the Sam Bankman-Fried stake. And I think that money is going straight to the liquidator. So $578 million of Robinhood stock buying back. And then Craig Wright, our friend, has lost his BTC copyright case in a, in a UK court case. If you, if you have been following that. Lastly, uh, Aptos yesterday made an announcement that they're backing TikTok rival Chingari. So Chingari, which were which were originally on the Solana network, are now they're migrating. They said they're going to be supporting both chains. It sounds to me like Aptos went to Chinguri and said, "Look, you know you're a web two app with lots of users. We are going to give you money. Just we're gonna we're gonna give you the money." That money, by the way, comes from the treasury. So, what happened to Aptos price? Uh, it is down. My short is printing money. It's now fourteen forty-eight. My short is printing money. My lungs are underwater, and that shows you exactly how how good a hedge the one is for the other. So, my shorts printing. My lungs, which are by the way good quality longs. I'm very very happy. I'm very very happy with my with my lungs. Um, let's give some love to two of our sponsors. So. The first bounce is, of course, Deribit. So you know what Deribit is. Deribit is a place where you can buy options. You can buy options and you can sell options. I want to show you what we did last time. What we did last time is we bought one option to buy Ethereum at $1,600 on the 29th of December, 2023, because that's what options are. Options effectively allow you to buy or sell an, a, 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 a token at a certain date, at a certain price, and it's probably the cheapest way to get exposure to an asset. So you can't be liquidated like a like a leverage position on a on a perpetuals desk. On a perpetuals desk, it is the the easiest way to get exposure to tokens. So let let me give you an example. Say you think that ETH is going to go to five thousand dollars in a year. Well, then you go and buy an option. You say, look, because I think that ETH is going to go up. Instead of buying ETH today and putting down like $1,600, that's not going to work. You can buy an option, and today an option will cost you 420 between $423 and $439. So you pay $439 and you buy an option. If ETH goes over $1,600, you exercise your option. In other words, you you, you say, "Okay, I want to actually I want to actually exercise this option." And then you get the upside above 1,600. So if ETH goes to 2,000, you've paid, you, you you pay $1,600 for ETH because that's the option. You Plus you paid $439 for the option, so you'll lose $39. But if it goes anywhere above $2,039, all that becomes free money. So if ETH goes to $5,000, then you're going to make just over three grand profit for investing only $439. And so if you learn how to use options, it is actually the smartest and cheapest way to get to take options and to get exposure to tokens. It's much safer than leverage where your account can get completely liquidated. Um, so this is actually, when you talk about the institutions and the, the investors, this is the tool that they use. They don't use open leverage positions, they use options. Now, there's two types of options. There's a call option, which allows you to buy. And if you think that the price of ETH is going to go down, then you can sell. So you can sell a call option at 1600 You can sell it for $366, which means you get $366 today, and then if ETH goes above 1,600, you've got to deliver an ETH. But if you if ETH goes below $1,600, you make money. So that's the, the benefit of options. And we're going to be spending a lot of time on options because we think that this is what it takes to make you guys master traders. If you want to join the lessons, all you need to do is go down below. There's a referral link below to Deribit. Open an account on Deribit. Fund your account. So when we start doing all these things, you guys are ready to rock and roll. Over the next two weeks, we're going to make you guys options masters. James destroyed the sound. Absolutely destroyed the sound. Um, Also, remember that next week, we start giveaways again with BitCasino, our partner. So um, if you open up an account on BitCasino, next week, we're starting to give away $1,000 giveaways. Remember, if you don't know what BitCasino is, they are a live crypto gambling site. I'm not encouraging anybody to gamble, but if you are going to gamble and you want to use your crypto, you don't want to use your credit cards or you can't use your credit cards for whatever reasons, then then use this one. We're going to start giving away uh, $1,000 bonuses to people who are playing and they are also sponsors of uh, Emirates Stadium and Arsenal Football Club. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, yet, but I'm going to say it anyway. In April, we're going to be taking some 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 viewers with us to watch the games at the Emirates Stadium, in um, in uh, to, to watch some Arsenal games at the Emirates Stadium. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. All right, listen, um, tomorrow I'm not here. Tomorrow I'm doing a show. I'm not doing a show. Tomorrow I am going on a spiritual retreat, believe it or not. And I will be back here on Monday to bring you guys crypto love and crypto wisdom. I'm probably not going to have my phone the whole weekend. So look after yourselves, make sure you stay safe and trade well, my friends.